Hello, and welcome back to the UFO and Aliens podcast. I'm your host, Rick Black. Last month, I was having some issues with my truck. I had a trip coming up, and I really needed to make sure the truck wasn't going to break down. So I took it in. I'm sitting in the waiting room at the dealership, waiting for them to finish working on my truck. And I get a news alert on my phone about a high-level military intelligence officer becoming a whistleblower and disclosing information on UFOs. I thought, I should really get on that and do a podcast about this. This is huge news. But I'd already planned to cover other topics, and I was in a rhythm. So I put it off. Now, I'm finally getting around to it. There's a lot to uncover, and a lot of people have already put in their two cents. That's okay. I'm still going to tell you what I found out and what I think. So, here we go. First, I think it's important that we understand why it's possible for someone to come forward with this information. Before, there were severe consequences for anyone coming forward with information about UFOs or reporting UFOs, that sort of thing. Well, now we have protection from the Whistleblower Protection Act of 1989. This is directly from the Office of Inspector General. Whistleblowers perform an important service by reporting what they reasonably believe to be evidence of waste, fraud, abuse, or mismanagement. Employees, contractors, subcontractors, grantees, and personal services contractors are protected by law from retaliation from making a protected disclosure. In accordance with the Inspector General Act, as amended, Whistleblower Protection Coordinator educates agency employees, contractors, grantees, and personal services contractors about whistleblower protections and employees' rights and remedies against retaliation for protected disclosure. A disclosure is protected if there is a reasonable belief that wrongdoing has occurred in one of the following areas. Any violation of any law, rule, or regulation. Gross waste of funds. Abuse of authority. Or a substantial and specific danger to the public health or safety. So, because of this protection, it is possible for someone to come out with information if they deem wrongdoing has occurred. However, just because they are protected legally doesn't mean it makes it easy for them to come forward. You still have the social stigma of being a UFO witness, being referred to as that nut job that sees flying saucers. It is not as bad as it used to be, but there is still the potential for ridicule. Not many people have the courage to come forward. Okay, so who is this whistleblower? If you don't already know, it is David Grush. So who is David Grush? David Grush was a United States Air Force officer and former intelligence official. Grush was a decorated combat officer within the United States Air Force during the war in Afghanistan and is a veteran of the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency and the National Reconnaissance Office, NRO. From 2019 to 2021, He was the representative of the NRO to the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force. From late 2021 to July 2022, he was the co-lead 
for UAP analysis at the NGA and its representative to the task force. He assisted in drafting the National Defense Authorization Act of 2023, which includes provisions for reporting of UFOs, including whistleblower protections and exemptions to non-disclosure orders and agreements. Congressional interest in UFO sightings immediately prior to Grush's public claims surrounded questions about the four objects, the Chinese balloons, that the Air Force shot down in 2023. Grush filed a whistleblower complaint with the U.S. Office of the Intelligence Community Inspector General in order to share classified information with the U.S. Senate Select Committee on Intelligence. Ross Colhart conducted an interview with Grush that was released by News Nation. I read that the actual interview was seven hours before editing. I don't know how long the interview was that was actually aired because by the time I got around to it, the entire interview was pulled from YouTube. Why was it pulled? What's going on here? That's why I should have jumped on this when it broke instead of waiting. Now, what I have to share with you is not direct. But the funny thing is, it wasn't direct to begin with. Most of the claims that Grush is making about alien craft and dead aliens was told to him by others. He hasn't seen this for himself. He hasn't even seen pictures of this himself. Part of the Whistleblower Act is that you cannot disclose anything that is classified. Well, he was able to tell Congress some of the classified stuff. I don't know what that was. I wish I knew what that was. If he'd actually seen the craft and aliens, then it would be classified and he wouldn't be able to tell us. But classified is classified. Even if he didn't see it firsthand, if it was classified, he wouldn't be able to tell anyone. And if he didn't have clearance, people wouldn't have been able to tell him, legally. So I'm assuming that he had a very high clearance. So, what did he say? Grush claims the U.S. government maintains a highly secretive UFO recovery program and is in possession of non-human spacecraft and dead pilots. He claims that this is not new. It goes back decades. The oldest case he worked on was from 1933, when a spacecraft was recovered by Mussolini's government in Italy. The Vatican and the Five Eyes assisted the U.S. in procuring the craft in 1944 or 1945. The Five Eyes is an intelligence alliance between Australia, Canada, New Zealand, the U.K., and the U.S. Grush also claims that American citizens have been killed as part of the government's efforts to cover up the information. People have also been injured and others have biological issues or suffered physically from working with alien technology. Regarding the 2015 UAPs, the first one that looks like a top, I think they call it a gimbal, he just remarks that that one is not a jet. Okay, thanks. And that the Tic Tac is not from this earth. Okay, we already knew that. Did we already know that? But then he adds that there is one as long as a football field and that it is much more menacing and shocking. That's an American football field or two-thirds of a European football field. 
At least one private contractor is storing alien spacecraft in that they are reverse engineering them and then selling the technology back to the government. The videos that the Pentagon released are just the tip of the iceberg of evidence that the government is in possession of. He claims that he doesn't know the intent of these things, but thinks it's negative. He refers to incidents like the one at Malmstrom Air Force Base in 1967 when a large, glowing, pulsating, red oval-shaped object hovered over the front gate. Then, the Minuteman missiles were shut down. All ten missiles showed red-colored fault lights, which indicated that they were disabled and could not be launched. He is aware of the lies from the government that the Pentagon claims they have no credible evidence of UAP activity. He doesn't know why they are saying this. I can tell you, it's the government. They lie. Moving on. He says that there have been attempts to bring these craft down and that the military has developed techniques to deal with these craft. Some humans have been hurt and killed related to this. He claims that they've been around for centuries, through wars and famine, and that they appear to be neutral on what humans decide to do to each other. He said the U.S. has a secret UFO retrieval program, and that China and Russia have their own crash retrieval programs. There's a competition going on between Russia and China regarding this. There's an agreement from the 70s between the U.S. and Russia that each country will notify the other regarding UFOs so that there are no false flag operations. The reason why he feels the material he's seen from these craft are not of this earth is its strange, heavy atomic arrangement that we don't quite understand yet, and the emerging properties are just a strange mix of elements very specifically engineered, not by humans. The reason he's coming out is he thinks it shouldn't be just the military researching this. It's a worldwide problem, not just a military problem. The more people researching it, the better the solution to the problem. The technology can be shared and the whole world could benefit from it. He understands that there can be some danger sharing this stuff, which is why the government is hesitant to share it. He points out that nuclear energy is not a secret, but the U.S. doesn't give out all the information on how they make nuclear weapons. Now, what he's telling the public, what he said in his interview with Colhart, is non-classified. He is able to share classified information with Congress. We don't get to hear that. But we did hear from Senator Marco Rubio. Rubio says that Grush isn't the only high-level government official to come forward with these kinds of claims. There are others that have come forward in secret. These witnesses, according to Rubio, are first-hand witnesses. Did I mention that Grush didn't actually see the UFOs? Or even the pictures of the UFOs? I'm sorry if I forgot to mention that. Rubio doesn't say who these people are that are coming forward, except that they are high-level people in the government. Some of them are still in there, and they are fearful of losing their jobs or their careers or harm coming to them. 
And what incentive do any of these people have to come forward with lies? He makes a great point there, but again, Marco Rubio is a politician. I don't believe any politicians. So everything that Grush is saying is hearsay. And there's a reason why hearsay is not admissible in court. When the person being quoted is not present, it becomes impossible to establish credibility. So there it is. It's not credible. And I actually heard Carl Sagan's quote several times in my research. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. And we just don't have it here. I've said in every podcast so far that you should believe nothing that you hear and half of what you read. You hear these fantastic claims and you want to believe them, but you should step back and look at it from all angles. If it doesn't pass the smell test, then let's move on. This is just another nothing burger. Stuart Clark wrote an article in The Guardian titled, Are Aliens That Bad at Parking? What Do We Need to Ask About Recent UFO Revelations? I love that title. It's awesome. You should read that article. He quotes radio astronomer Michael Garrett, who is the chair of the International Academy of Astronautics, SETI. If there were all these alien spacecraft crashing on Earth, well, that seems a bit weird. You'd think if they could travel between the stars, they could get the last .0001% of the journey right too. Using the example of the number of car accidents that occur each day, compared with our number of cars on the road, The idea of aliens crash landing on our planet for decades seems unlikely. Quoting Garrett again, It would imply that there must be hundreds of them coming every day, and the astronomers simply don't see them. End quote. This is coming from a radio astrologer. So from his perspective, he's looking for E.T. coming here from space. But we, including Grush, don't know where they're coming from. They may be coming through a wormhole, like the one they think they found at Skinwalker Ranch. Or they may be coming in from a parallel dimension. Either way, they wouldn't be seen by astrologers. Also in the Guardian article, Clark quotes Professor Sarah Russell, who is the planetary scientist from the National History Museum in London, and she is especially skilled in the analysis of extraterrestrial materials in the form of meteorites. And she says, quote, If you give me an alloy, it would take me less than half an hour to tell you what elements are in it. That's easy peasy for us. End quote. The New York Times, Washington Post, and Politico were all offered to run Grush's story, but none thought it was plausible. It was published in The Debrief, which is a UFO-friendly outlet as are Leslie Kane and Ralph Blumenthal, the two journalists who wrote the story. On June 12th, Matt Steeb, writing for New York, described Grush's claims in Colhart's interview as, quote, crazy, end quote. Remember Richard Doty from Episode 3? He admitted that the Air Force mixes lies with the truth in their disinformation campaign. I don't have a problem believing people, usually, but when it's hearsay, 
Now, I have to believe that the person that told the person that's telling me was telling the truth. That's too much to ask for. UFO skeptic Mick West was interviewed on News Nation and regarding the isotope ratios and the structure of heavy elements that Grush talked about. Mick says that that stuff has been part of a kind of UFO mythology for a long time, and these are not things that can't be duplicated on Earth. Isotopic ratios are just a mixing of two types of metals of different isotopes, and the strange structures he's referring to quite possibly refer to a bit of bismuth and magnesium that's been floating around in the UFO community for a couple of decades, and it's possibly a bit of industrial slag or something like that. Regarding Grush's overall claim, Wes says, he claims that they have intact craft and they actually have the bodies of the pilots of those crafts, so you would think that having alien bodies would be a much more significant evidence of their being aliens. American theoretical physicist Dr. Michio Kaku was interviewed on Banfield and said, quote, We physicists say follow the evidence. Follow the people who have access to the evidence. In the past, we've had farmers or suburbanites say, there's something up there. The burden of proof is on them to prove they were extraterrestrial visitations. Now, the burden of proof has shifted. Now the Pentagon has to prove that they aren't extraterrestrials. End quote. He went on to say that this is a good thing that now maybe the truth will come out. But we don't have the smoking gun. We haven't seen extraterrestrial DNA. We haven't seen alien transistors or alien circuits. That would clinch it right there, but we're not there yet. The question, is the U.S. government withholding UFO data in a Redfield and Wilton poll? 57% of participants said yes. 21% said no. And 22 said don't know. You could put me in with the 57%. I believe that the government has evidence of UFOs. I believe that we've been visited by beings from somewhere else, whether it's from another planet or another dimension, or whether they are here on this planet in caves, on the poles, or underground, or underwater. Can I prove it? No. Has anybody been able to prove it? No. We have no definitive proof. Even though I think that the government has this stuff, it doesn't mean I think that there is any thing to this latest Grush story. What does it give us? Nothing. Nothing right now. It does, however, get people talking, and Congress is having meetings about it. I guess it's possible that something will come of it, but it, this is Congress. Don't hold your breath. That brings me to my last thoughts about this. I have watched a lot of videos and read a lot of articles regarding David Grush's claims, and some of the people I saw seemed to be really worried, scared of what this could mean. It made me think of alien invasion movies like Independence Day, War of the Worlds, Arrival, Mars Attacks. Hollywood creates movies to entertain. The more fantastic, the better. 
I don't believe that would be the intent of any alien race that comes to Earth. We now have a census of our galaxy in the Milky Way, and on average, there is one planet for every star. So that comes to roughly one billion planets in the Milky Way alone. If creatures on those planets have the technology to get here, then they are thousands, if not millions of years ahead of us. If they wanted to harm us or get rid of us, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. We wouldn't even see it coming. They would have eradicated us decades or even centuries ago. What I think is happening with visitation is that they are curious. In regards to the alien question, I think of us as a nature preserve. They come in, they look at us, see how far we are technologically, and they leave us alone for the most part. What really scares people is when they go to our nuclear sites and shut down our missiles. Some people take that as a sign of aggression. I see it as a message. A message saying, this is not the way to go. This is bad for your planet. That sort of thing. So I'm not so worried about them doing any harm to us. But I'm also not seeking them out and saying, hey, here we are. Welcome to our planet. That would be nuts. I don't feel like this story is anything yet. Maybe something will develop. I'm not going to hold my breath. While I was reading up on this, I did see a video that I hadn't seen before. Of course, I've seen the gimbal, the tic-tac, and the, the cube in the glass sphere. I remember seeing those breaking on the news during the, our COVID quarantine. But this was different. This was a really cool video. I don't know if you've seen it yet. It was a video captured by a drone of a metallic orb flying above an active military zone. This came out in April, and I don't know how I missed it. If you haven't seen it, look for it on YouTube. It's really cool. If you like the show, I would like to encourage you to help support the show. You can help me out with just $3 a month. Just go to the website and click on support. I would really appreciate the help, and I would be happy to give you a shout out. Do you have a UFO story that you'd like to share? Is there a UFO story that you'd like for me to look into? Just send me an email at UFO and Alien Podcast. That's UFO and Aliens Podcast at gmail.com. I'm Rick Black, and I'll talk to you next time.